0: One thing that you will notice in Exodus chapter 20 as we've continued our study of these uh, commandments is that after the fourth commandment, there is a shift that happens in the nature of the commands in the first four commandments they are God directed about not to worship other gods that the Lord your God is God alone and there's no one beside him uh, that you were to worship him by honoring the Sabbath that you were to uh, pay attention really to the things of God and pay attention to the name of God the worship of God and no idols and things like that but you come to the fifth commandment and there's a shift now where from commandment five to the very end, you have now commandments regarding other people and how you are to respond toward them, things that you are to do or not to do. And that's where we are tonight, is in Exodus chapter 20, and we're in verse 12 for the command is given to honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you and so I think it is interesting just to consider the location of this law in the Decalogue that I believe it is pretty fascinating that God seems to just go with okay now I am the Lord your God have no other gods before me make no graven images uh, do not take my name in vain and you are to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy and the next thing is not now don't murder, don't steal uh, don't commit false witness and then towards the end says and honor your mother and your father But the very first commandment that is directed toward others after talking about your direction before God is immediately parental. It is to honor your parents. Then comes murder and adultery and stealing and those things. And so its location immediately tells us of its high importance. And I think for us when we read this, I think the question that comes to your mind, because it certainly comes to my mind, is, Well, what does that look like? What does that mean to honor your parents? And how long-lasting is that? What does that entail? And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight is regarding this command, what that meant, what that meant for Israel, and then what that means for us as well. To begin with, the idea of honoring our, our parents, that throughout the Old Testament, this is worded in a number of ways to help us get a picture of what this honor looks like. For example, Leviticus 19 and verse one, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God am holy. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, and you shall keep my sabbaths. I am the Lord, your God. So in almost a mini restatement of some of the Ten Commandments, notice it's not honor uses the word here, revere or an idea of revere respecting your parents. When you come to the New Testament, we see another way this is looked at. The Apostle Paul speaks of it in Ephesians 6 and verse 1 where he says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And then what does he use as the basis of the declaration of children obey your parents? But quotes then from the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So here is a picture then of obedience is carried with the idea of honor. Similarly, in the Colossian letter, you see the Apostle Paul saying the same thing. Children, obey your parents and everything. And getting that sense of it is important because I believe we'd recognize there is a way to have obedience that does not honor. It is very easy to, to obey, to do things In a disrespectful, uh, lacking honor kind of way. And so once you see those work together and that, yes, there is to be obedience, but that is entailed with respect. It is entailed with honor that these things are to be working together in the way that we then are obedient to God. And so this is the picture that is given to us. I think it is also important for us to consider as well is that there's not any reason given. It's just that they're your parents. Honor your father and your mother. Why? Well, he's going to give a a reward so that you live long on the land. We'll talk about that. But he just simply, because that's who they are, because that's the position that they command, because it is your father, because it is your mother, that is why you are to honor them. There is not an explanation needed. It's not like the last command that we looked at last week, whereas remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And then we have a paragraph of why that is the case. Explain to us why we would do that. Here it is, honor your, father and your mother and you go the why is obvious because it's your father and your mother that's why you would do something like that because they are our parents they are to be given respect for the position that they have in fact that goes very far in the scriptures because the scriptures speak much about what is to happen to those who dishonor their mother and their father Leviticus 20 in verse 9 for if anyone who curses his father Or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood be upon him. Notice, there's no explanation of why that's so bad. It just simply says it again. Anyone who curses his father is must surely be put to death. Why? Because he cursed his mother and his father. That's why. It's just the given. You would never do that. They are your parents, and they are to be honored and respected. And thus, he says, "His blood be on them." And notice the consequence is not well, okay, you know, a slap on their wrist and they should go sit in their room for a while and think about what they've said. Death. They'll surely be put to death if it would be uttered onto their lips that they would curse their father or their mother. Similarly, in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 18, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, he he will not listen to them. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city of the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with... Stones, so you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Notice the same thing. Your child is disobedient. You were to bring them before the others and say, Our son will not do as we tell them to do. And I think it's interesting that this was not a self determined kind of thing. Well, I guess we need to execute our kid because they being disobedient You took it to the elders And it's the elders agreeing Yeah, your son is a stubborn, rebellious kid We need to put him to death There's an agreement about the whole community About the child That you'd say those kinds of things And thus that would be the case And notice the language that God uses at the end So you shall purge the evil from your midst Please hear that The problem was The child will not listen And God says Purge the evil from your midst you're getting a sense of the abomination it is before God where children do not honor, respect, listen, and obey their parents. God had very obvious then declarations about what was to be done for those kinds of children. And the laws given about what children are supposed to do regarding their parents are pretty pretty obvious throughout the Old Testament. Things like, obviously, you don't kill your parents. That would not be honoring them. You do not curse your parents, as we see like there in Leviticus. You would not curse, say, something that would be a curse against your parents. Proverbs 28 speaks about the, the horror of stealing from your parents or treating them with Discorn. These things are dishonorable. And you are not honoring your parents then in those ways. Which I hope as you think about that, you take, take a step back and you go, Boy, you don't see children being very honorable to their parents in our society today. What a stark contrast between what God is telling children to do in behaving, in listening, in honoring, in respecting and obeying. And here is God saying in children that would not do that, that is an evil within the community and to purge them from the land. And now you look at a society today and there is such a low regard for parents among children. And that's not speaking of just simply little kids. But how sad it is to watch how even older children disregard, mistreat, and dishonor their parents in older age. And that's one of the questions that we're going to need to talk about then is, well, how long does that last? How long are you required to honor your father and your mother? Is there a statute of limitations Do you turn 18? Or do you turn 21 and now I'm no longer under the command to be able to honor my, my parents? And consider, is that what the law is getting at? Was it only simply speaking about those who, in our terminology, would be minors or not? I believe the Scriptures give us a very simple and obvious answer to that over in Matthew chapter 15. And here is Jesus and He's dealing with the Pharisees and the scribes. And it says there in Matthew 15 and verse 1, And the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said... Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother what I would have gained from me, what you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Notice that Jesus applies to these adults how they are violating the law that said to honor your father and your mother. Here are perfectly fine adults and he doesn't say, well, you're just not being very nice. He uses the commandments and says, you're violating the very commandment of God. You are violating the fifth commandment. And so we're being taught here that the command then to honor father and mother is not nullified by age. There's not a point where you go, OK, I turn 40. I can now dishonor my parents. I can now curse them, I can now rebel against them and it's all okay. That's not the case at all. They are always to be honored and they are always to be respected. I think it's important to remember and what you see here happening in the discussion that Jesus is giving is that there is a sense in which the children were going to be the ones to care for their parents later in life. Remember, you have in the first century, you're not going to have the older parents now as they're aging being able to turn to some kind of Roman Social Security and nursing care system. Who was going to take care of them in their old age? Your children were. They were going to be the ones who were to care for them. And notice they were getting out of that is what Jesus is talking to the Pharisees about. They're saying, well, whatever I would have been able to help you out financially, dear parents, I gave it to God. And so, you know, I'm all tapped out and I can't help you out and God says you're breaking the fifth commandment when you do that and so it shows a picture then of caring for the parents as long as they live and again i want to make the observation how sad we don't see that happening today what a different world we live in where there is such a high disregard for the elderly a high disregard for parents i have been in far too many places uh, where i have seen sad Things where you get to talk to those who are in assisted living and nursing homes, and they'll be like, Yeah, my, my children, they don't ever see me, they don't ever come, they just don't care, and never talk to us, nothing, and those kinds of things whatsoever. And it's like, That is just terrible. And I want to assert that I understand that, and I want to put it on the screen to make sure we understand uh, there are complexities to all relationships because one of the first things that runs to my mind as well uh, is. I wonder what you did as a parent such that your kids don't want to be around you because that's just as much of an equal street of consideration as well is how the relationship dynamic was created between the parent and the child and what was going on in that situation. But many, many times children just have no regard for parents. They're now older and don't care. And they're going to live their own lives and there is no regard for their welfare. And I want you to see that there is the sense that here Jesus is giving that that was not supposed to be the case. I don't think there's a way to offer some kind of absolute rule because God does not do it. But what I think you see, the general principle is, is that parents were to lovingly care for their children and love their children and raise them in the ways of the Lord. And in turn, children will lovingly care for their parents and love them by them them until they die, that that would be the general principle of what it's supposed to look like obviously we are sinful human beings and all kinds of complexities occur around that. But the general idea was parents would do right by their kids and later on kids will do right by their parents. And that was the system then that God laid out. And so this is a picture then of what it looks like to honor our parents. That it's not simply we turned 18 and now we have no responsibility whatsoever and say goodbye to all those things. However... There are sometimes the question asked, Well are there any limitations to that I mean do, does that change what In any kind of way at all And I believe the scriptures do give that That it is important to observe That God gives a, a very important Limitation to what honoring your mother And honoring your father looks like and In fact it's the very first command That you see given Toward the, the, the man and the woman As they come together And it's a, a passage that we know very well Genesis 2.24 Therefore a man shall leave his his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And we pay a lot of attention to the holding fast to the wife and the becoming one flesh, and what does all that mean and what's entailed with all of that? But don't forget the front end of what that said. The man shall leave father and mother. Who is Adam's father and mother? nobody so clearly this is a command for all generations for all peoples in regards to this that there would be a shift that would happen for the child where the primary responsibility now moves to their own family unit leave father and mother be joined to your wife and the two that are going to become one flesh and that then of course brings complexities in that now your primary responsibility is toward your own family to- yet there still should be honor and respect for the parents. Unfortunately, in the sinful world of sinful people, there are complexities when those two things often collide. And we're trying to honor our parents while at the same time we're trying to leave father and mother and develop the family unit and do what is right by our new family and dealing with the issues that surround that. But in in trying to do that, I think it's important to recognize that as we move to our own family, we do not negate the need to honor our parents or cast them aside. But at the same time, by leaving father and mother and joining to wife means... They can't be destructive to this new relationship. They are being left behind and now the primary responsibility is into this new family and this new unit. And so again, the complexities are there. And I think there's a reason why God is very broad and very generic in the terms of honor your father and your mother. Okay. What does that look like? Well, it's complex. It looks like all kinds of things. And leave your father and mother and be joined to to wife and become one flesh. Now take those two very important God-given principles and operate in those boundaries. And I think for every parent-child relationship and every marriage relationship, that dynamic looks different based upon certain actions and certain things that happen in life. But at the end of the day, to be able to say that you have done what is your responsibility towards your own family first, while at the same time doing what you can, that would be honoring and respecting your parents as well and maintaining those two in in that proper order. And so we cannot hurt our own family, but still need to maintain honor and care for our parents as well. And I, I know many of you, you understand this, that as I teach this, that understanding the complexity of how to apply this is very interesting. Coming from a broken home and all of that, how do you apply all this? I wrestle with these very questions myself. And these are the things that then I want to share with you in that and recognizing then that not all parties in the relationship act as they ought to act, and we are sometimes left with extremely tough decisions that we have to make about what is best in regards to our parents and what is honorable and right by them, while at the same time leaving father and mother and doing what is best in regards to our own family. Now, I think it is interesting that God doesn't just simply say, all right, well, hope your children one day when they get older, they'll hear this command and they'll figure it out that they'll honor you. It doesn't work that way. In fact, it is important to recognize that it is our concern as parents to teach our children to honor and respect. I found this quotation concerning children very uh, useful. He said the youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, talk nonsense when they should work. Young people do not stand up any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents, talk too much in company, guzzle their food, lay their uh, their legs on the table and tyrannize their elders. Sounds like somebody said that today, right? Socrates. (laughs) Socrates. Obviously not a new problem. (laughs) For over 2,000 years, this is what children have done. It reminds us that we as parents have the responsibility to teach the children to honor and obey and to respect. And I think one of the worst things that you see happening in our culture today is allowing children to do whatever they like. Their desires rule the family. They're, they order their world around the whims of the children, uh, sparing the rod, spoiling them, doing whatever they please. These are things that are critical problems that, that cause all kinds of issues of why we don't see children being honorable and respectful. They're not in charge. They don't. And also, they don't have a say. You do. You can take in their opinion, but they don't have a say. Their children, they don't know what's best. God taught us that. I don't know what wise guy came along and said. That children know what's best because they don't. Or that we should let them express themselves because they shouldn't. Because God said that foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. That means they don't know what's the right way. Their default button is the wrong way. (laughs) Their decision making is the wrong way. We have to show them what is the right way and train them in the right way and teach them in in the right way. And so children are not going to just wake up honoring their parents. They're not born that way. It doesn't take very long to figure that out. And children are little devils, aren't they? I mean, by the time they get to six months, they have figured out when they cry, you jump. And now you've got to start teaching them, hey, 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 (laughs) you're not in charge around here. When you cry, we don't jump. Uh, you, You cry for the right reason, okay, I'll check it out. But boy, they learn. Little manipulators, that's what I call them. They just start manipulating you left and right. You let them do that, boy, they'll run you all over the place. We have to show his parents that we are the ones who are in charge and that we are not going to allow them to rule the roost, if you will. And I want you to see why God says that. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12 again, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The reason why children need to honor their mother and their father is because there is a promise that is tied to it. That their days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Consider what God is saying. If you allow your children to be disobedient, God is telling Israel, I am throwing you out of the land of Canaan. You allow your children to run the house. I'm throwing you out of the land. If they dishonor you and are disrespectful to you, I am taking you out of the land. That is what this covenantal promise is that's being made. In fact, when you read Leviticus 20 and verse 9 that we looked at earlier, as well as Deuteronomy 21 that we looked at as well, these things are described as a covenantal crime. You have violated what is the very covenant that God has made with you. It is an abomination before God. It is despicable before Him. That I would take you out of the land. Purge the evil from the land is the language He uses. Well, what's He saying? But that you're breaking God's covenant. When the children are disobeying, when the children are disrespectful, when they are not honoring. And so this whole picture is given of why you need to do that. And for us, I would hope that the reasoning would be really clear to us why we must insist upon our children honoring and respecting and obeying. It's what God is driving at in this very thing that a life of sin is going to stem from a life of disobeying the parents. And you say, well, why would that be, be the case? Why would that be so, so important? Because children are not going to learn obedience to God and how to respect God if they don't first learn how to obey and respect you. It's really just as simple as that. From the very beginning, as soon as the child is born, the parent becomes the first and foremost representative of what authority looks like. And you must insist upon that authority to teach them that you are the authority and what you say goes, and this is what is right and this is what is wrong. There is no reason to think that there's going to be any kind of respect of God if they do not respect you. Believe me, that's the sense of what 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 are getting at with those elder qualifications about men who rule a household well. It's very important that that happens. Consider, if your child does not respect and honor you as a parent, why would they honor and respect the laws of the land? I believe we're seeing our whole society burning because of this very principle. The reason why cities are in trouble, why we see lawlessness, is because it hasn't been taught to children that you need to honor and respect and obey your parents. So then they turn around and go, well, why do I have to do what the law of the land says? And now they're getting in trouble. Now they're breaking the law. Now they're thrown in prison. Now all kinds of authority figures will not be that honored or respected. If they're not going to honor you and obey you and respect you, why would they honor and respect the police? Why would they honor and respect the court system? Why would they even honor to respect teachers? From any social level of authority down to teachers all the way up to law enforcement, why would they ever do what they say if they won't do what you say? You're in their life, and if they disregard you, why would they have any regard for a stranger who comes along and says, I possess authority. But even more so, if they will not honor and they will not respect you, they just simply will not honor and respect God. You are the one who is teaching them authority. You are the one that's instilling to them. When I say it, that's the way it goes, because guess what? That's how God operates. God operates with this is what you do and this is what you don't do. And if you do these things, you will live. And if you don't do these things, you're going to die. And you must instill that into your children right away, right away with your own words so that when you come along and teach them the Word of God, they understand what that concept means. Otherwise, they're going to come to the Word of God and go, well, I got away with everything with you ever said. You never enforced any of your rules and your laws, so God's the same way, right? And of course, we have a whole society of people who treat the Bible that way, don't they? Well, does God really care if we do? Oh, it doesn't really matter what God says. I think we should do this as if God wanted our opinion. But that's where we're at in society. It stems back to this very thing. If your children are not honoring, respecting, and obeying you now, and I put in parentheses, I mean they're not infants. <laughs> I don't care what their age is. Oh, they're a the toddler. They're a preschooler. They're an elementary school kid. They're a preteen. They're a teenager. I don't care what their age is. As long as they're not those like first four months <laughs> past infant stage. They better be doing what you say. They need to be obeying and honoring you and respecting you to the level of their ability that is appropriate for their age. I hear way too much in our society. Oh, well, they're only one. They're only two. They're only five. They're only ten. They're only fifteen. When will you start holding them accountable? At what age will you say that? Because when you say eighteen, it's too late. Now they're jumping through the window and leaving you and breaking laws. You demand it early on. It has to happen in the very beginning that parents. We must teach, expect, demand, respect, and obedience. Friends, that's what Deuteronomy 6 is talking about teaching your children when you lie down, when you rise up, when you're going here, when you're going everywhere you are. What are you supposed to be doing? Teaching them, you know, civics and politics? No, you're teaching them about authority and right and wrong and obedience and discipline. This is the thing that you have been given to do. Here God said, children must honor their parents. You must cause that in them. You must teach them how that must be you are culpable if you don't teach it to them because they're not going to come to it by default. And so unfortunately, disrespectful children are an abomination to the Lord. And those are the strongest words that God can give. That He would even say, to children who are stubborn and do not obey and do not listen to their parents, God says that you would stone them to death. So how serious is it before God that children obey their parents? How serious is it to God that children honor and respect their parents. It is obviously critically important before God that He would give the death penalty to a child who was rebellious. And so I think it is interesting as we conclude, God had an expectation of what His covenant people would be like in regards to this family relationship. We're going to begin to start studying on Sunday mornings Malachi. Of all the final words about what Malachi would say, final words of God before John the baptizer arrives. And here is a time in Malachi's day when the people are disobedient. They do not care about God. They're not worshiping him properly. And here is this promise about the coming of Elijah. And we remember that. But remember what is tied to his arrival. And he says, behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. Do you hear the honor your father and mother echo of that fifth commandment and what is being said right here? Because that ending is the same as the ending of the fifth commandment so that you will live long in the land. You need to respect one another and honor one another and turn your hearts to one another lest I come and strike the land with destruction. It is a picture then of a new covenant community when Christ comes of parents who will train their children the way they ought to go and lead them in the way of righteousness and show them the path of godliness and children who will honor and respect that and will have their hearts turned to the parent and obey what the direction of their father gives. Here is Malachi saying, that's what's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, there's judgment that's going to follow with it. Parents do not allow disobedience. Can I stand on my head, emphasize that exclamation point, underline it, bold it, highlight it, and circle it. You never allow disobedience. Does God allow it? You are the first and foremost representative of what authority means to the child. You cannot allow it to happen. I know. I'm just as tired as you at night. I don't want to get up. I don't want to have to deal with it. I don't want to mess with it. I understand all those feelings. And I feel all the same things. But it is required if we are going to save our children from future spiritual destruction that we do not allow disobedience so that they understand what that means before their God. That means for us and as parents a constant godly instruction plus consistent discipline merged together. Those two have to be side by side. Constantly godly instruction, teaching out of your mouth and through your actions. Here's what we do. Here's how we live. This is where we go. This is what living for God is all about. While at the same time, disciplining with with training, whatever is required to be able to teach them, this is what is right. This is what is wrong. Disobedience will not be allowed and your obedience will be rewarded. Train, discipline all along the way. And that was what God was saying is the picture of how there would be this relationship so that you will honor your parents in a lifelong way. All of the adults in the room hated the discipline when they were kids. And now I can be older and appreciate. I understand what they were doing. You're not called to just be their friend. You have to be their parent. And you have to teach them the right way. And they will become teenagers and hate your guts for it. And then their brain will actually kick on. And then they'll love you later on for it. (laughs) This is what God has called us to do. Honor your parents. A lifelong calling that we have been given to be able to be obedient before our God. Children, obey your parents for this is right. And the uh, command of honor your father and mother is the basis behind. We're going to sing a song. We invite you to come to Jesus.